0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to open our hearts to be instructed by you that you might teach us righteousness, that you might teach us holiness, that you might define the parameters of your dictates, that, that distinguishing line between right and wrong that is supposed to be a gift of God in our conscience. We pray that today we might understand this and come before you asking for forgiveness and asking you to wash our conscience and to cleanse us from immorality, from going wayward and confused, producing more darkness upon the land. Today, Jesus, take your throne and be God over our lives. Be the king of glory. Be the Lord of lords. We pray that you would establish a strong spirit in us, that we might not have to ask one another, what is the direction? For you have placed that within us with the clarity of your voice as a gift so that we not go astray. We've played with conscience for so long that many of us have lost our conscience in modern times, not being able to live within the parameters of your peace and joy and righteousness. Open our eyes and let us see, according to your word, your goodness, that we might walk in a manner that honors you and heal us, O God, from our infirmities. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. It seems very odd, 30 years ago when they would speak these words, I would guarantee that not in my lifetime, 1 Timothy four 1, 1 Timothy 4.1, as I read it 30 years ago, I would have sworn that this would not happen in my day. But the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some will, if you will, begin to separate themselves in a journey that has nowhere near the destination of what our faith is to produce. And the reason why they will depart is because they will open up their lives to listening to deceptive spirits. Uh, Deception is the opposite of truth. We we said it last week that if you're not into loving truth, God will hand you over to deceptive spirits. Um, One of the young girls that is very close to our family Uh, She was 13 years old and her parents would not let her go out. And so she got upset and ran away from home and moved in with a 16-year-old thinking that that would give her more liberty to go and participate with the late night affairs here in Miami only to have this woman violate her and become a lesbian. And what she thought was being freed actually has held her captive to this day. A lot of times we are deceived through these spirits and we end up not in the freedom that we desire but in the captivity. These doctrine of demons, this is the teaching, the word doctrine, the teaching of demons. There are some people that don't believe in spirits, they don't believe in demons and they're eaten right out of their hand. Verse 2 of this prophetic utterance that many will depart from the faith... It says why they will. Why they depart from the faith. We know who is deceitful spirits and demons. But why is because they begin to speak lies of hypocrisy. Lies of a disguise. A duplicity, if you will. And the duplicity, what it does, it messes with the conscience that, that's the driving force in being able to navigate uh, not being shipwrecked. You ask yourself, what is conscience? Uh, the, the Greek word um, has both of those. I don't know if you can see what I see uh, on conscience. The first three letters is con, which is with, con, arroz con pollo, rice with chicken, Kohn is with and science, knowledge, with eyes that see. The most dangerous person upon the earth is a sociopath, one who is abnormal in their ability to see things. Sociopath, psychopath. But when you're with conscience that has not been seared, because these people having their conscience seared with a hard iron means that they no longer have a functioning conscience. Uh, Oftentimes, me and my wife will be talking and she'll be surprised about something that's going on and she'll say, Can you believe? And I said, Yeah, I can believe. There's nothing upstairs that's working. When you don't have your upstairs working, you've lost your conscience. And the scripture works on a conscience that is healthy. Um, We're going to see this as Paul makes distinction about the, the... Purity or the cleanness of a conscience. Look at what says John 8, 9. In the times of Jesus, when they were about to stone a woman, the Bible says that Jesus spoke to the multitude and those who heard it being convicted by their conscience. Words were able to go out and a conscience was able to catch. If there's no conscience, it doesn't matter how much truth goes out. If you don't have an awareness to be able to see with one's mind, and and being able to see with one's mind gives you a sentiment inside your person that says you're wrong, you're guilty, a guilty conscience. And if you can't have a guilty conscience, which some uh, psychiatrists, and ungodly people says, well, if, we, if we're able to eliminate their conscience, then they wouldn't feel guilty, they wouldn't be depressed, and they would be healthy. Well, guess what? That's not what God designed. God designed for you to have a conscience. And for many people, they have messed with their conscience for so long, they don't know what right and wrong is anymore. And that's what it means, those who departed from the faith, they've been, their conscience has been seared. It's been um, the, the sensory feelings of feeling guilty when you're doing something wrong no longer works. So you have supplanted or uh, dispossessed yourself from what happened to these people. Those who heard it, what did they hear? They heard Jesus. Speaking his word and being convicted by their conscience went one by one. Beginning with the oldest, probably had more sensitivity in their conscience. Even to the last one, the youngest. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. So um, remember that that conscience is a judge that sits in your capacity To draw a distinction or draw an answer. Um, In the Old Testament, when people were past the ability to feel for God's word in Psalms 81.11, God would say these words, My people stopped listening to me. They stopped listening to my voice and they would not walk in the direction of my words like what happened with Jesus. When their conscience was activated, they all left one by one. But when the people stop having the capacity to be receptive to the voice of God, and they do not have an appetite for God, verse 12, God gives you over to a stubborn heart. To not walk according to your conscience, but to walk according to your own dictates. You begin to decide for yourself. It's a horrible thing to undermine your conscience. Uh, The expressions of undermining your conscience would be you would feel no more shame. uh, Deception could spread without compunction, without any sentiments. In other words, you're doing what's deadly wrong and deadly a lie, and you're participating with hell, and you have no issue with it. That is hypocrisy. 2 Corinthians 1.12, when the apostles would speak about what their lives represented, they would make reflection to their conscience. And they would say, we boast in this, that our conscience is speaking loudly. We're living in the peace of what our conscience says. Uh, Just like the conscience has the ability to convict you, And make you feel guilty. It also gives you the expression of a green light thumbs up. You're doing great. Because you're walking in the assurance and in the peace of God. And so he says, and therefore we conducted our behavior. Was in in this world in simplicity and godly sincerity. The opposite of hypocrisy. We weren't walking in fleshly wisdom. But the grace of God. We moved more abundantly towards you. We continue to act in this way. In other words, today as we speak on this, we're going to find an opportunity at the end of today's service to ask God to renew our heart, to renew our conscience, that we would be those people that would be sensitive to the voice of God to move in his direction. Because in the last days, people will lose their sincerity, through deception and their consciences will be totally scarred to not be able to feel. The testimony of our conscience was our behavior. The instrument of God by which a person's able to apprehend what is God's will, how he governs us, is to have a moral compass and this is what has been lost in our day when they're allowing men to go into women's bathrooms. There used to be, remember when I was in middle school, I was smaller and shorter than all the other kids. And the boys decided that they would grab the smallest guy in the class and throw him outside in his underwears outside of the lockers. And I was terrified I had, I had undergarments, but it, it felt like being naked. And nobody in their right mind would want to expose their nakedness before the opposite sex and say, that's what my needs are. Unless we're living in a generation that has lost his conscience, lost his moral compass. No longer has the ability to balance. Uh, one man writes, your conscience is God's gift Your creator has given it to you because he loves you and wants to help you do the right things. He wants you to be able to be guilty, feel guilty about your sins while being able to feel good about his love and forgiveness and righteousness. Where there is no guilt over sin, there is no awareness of danger and you're facing harm that you will cause yourself. The conscience is the judge that convicts convicts one of guilt. It passes a sentence. It enforces moral obligation. I was on a TV program, I think it was last year, and this one lady says, uh, actually it was a man, but she was dressed like a woman. She was a transvestite. And she says, you have no morality how you're speaking to me because I'm telling her that she should be a man and not dress like a woman. So she says, you're immoral. Your words, I said, listen, you don't even have a clue what morality is. Morality is the line between right and wrong, and you've lost that a long time ago. To be able to distinguish a line between what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to live, your words, your thoughts, and what you're not supposed to do. What you're not supposed to live, your conduct. When you're disrespecting the conscience, you have lost the moral line. It says the conscience as a judge smiles upon obedience and frowns upon disobedience. That's what you're supposed to feel. And some people in like, well, uh, you just have a sensitive conscience. We're supposed to. That will lead us to purity. If you see what Paul is saying in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, that the people have lost their conscience. He says in 1 Timothy 1:18. Timothy, I commit you to this charge that you're able to wage good warfare. He's saying, get ready to fight spiritual battles according to the words that have been spoken of your life. This is what Paul is writing. Get ready to fight spiritual battles. Wage the good warfare. What is the good warfare? Keeping a clean conscience. Verse 19. That you might walk in such a way that you, with faith and a good conscience, are confronting life's battles. If, if you struggle because you want to make sure you're doing things right, you, you have a healthy conscience. It's good for your kids to do that. It's good for your kids to be able to know that there's always a battle between right and wrong. And their conscience is... is Allowing them, having faith and a good conscience. Because those who reject these things suffer shipwreck. They're they're lost, that's it. They're at sea, shipwreck means you're not getting to your destination. Holding fast to faith and a good conscience, a healthy conscience, a, a clean conscience. When you offend your wife, you say, I'm sorry. You don't say, I can't believe how wrong she is, and walk away and, and continue to pursue that which is not in God's balance. When you have stolen something, you return it. When you are profane in your words, you repent. In Hebrews 10, 1 and 2, it says that the sacrifices that were offered in the Old Testament were not sufficient to keep someone Pure in their manner of conscience. For the law having a shadow of good things to come was only something temporarily, not the very image of the things. That can never with these same sacrifices which they continually offer year after year make those approach perfect. What was perfect? Verse 2. For then they would not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers once purified would have no moral, more conscience of sin. Uh, The whole purpose for giving an offering of an animal was because there was a consciousness of sin. I've done something wrong. I need forgiveness. I need to bring an animal. I need to bring an animal. I I did something wrong. I need to offer it. I need the purification. I need the cleansing. You know what the Bible says in verse 22? That now Jesus Christ once and for all... As the Lamb of God has offered his blood to wash us and produce a clean conscience, we can come near to God with a true heart. We don't have to play hypocrisy. Whenever you feel that you've done something that your conscience calls you on, they call it a red flag. You feel, whoop, there's something here is not right. Something here didn't line up with God. It doesn't have the proper weight. I'm not feeling peace. I don't have joy. I have, I have guilty conscience. I'm looking at a woman I shouldn't be looking at. I'm having desires that I shouldn't be pursuing. It says, let us draw near to uh, with a true heart. In a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with the pure water. This is the provision of God for our lives in the work of Christ. An inner feeling that acts as a guide to right living. You know what is a blessing of having this provision where God is willing to heal our hearts? In the Old Testament, the conscience was heart. In the New Testament, that conscience. Psalm 103, verse 12, that God has promised to remove our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. One of my favorite verses. I can't have a guilty feeling if God has grabbed all my sin and separated as far as the east is from the west. I could have peace before God. I came before the Lord. He cleansed me. He washed me. I could navigate. 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, that is, that is the approach to a clean conscience saying, Lord, here is where I went wrong. Here is where I dropped the ball. Here is where I spoke wrong, I acted wrong, I thought wrong, I argued wrong, I got mad wrong, I have sinned. And you tell God, you tell God what is your sin. You just list it. You don't say, for all the sins I've ever committed. No, go to him and say the way I talked to my husband. The way I treated my wife. The way that uh, I decided to take vacation from church. I decided to not participate. To not be part of the body of Christ he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from that dirty conscience from all unrighteousness all things twisted there's a greatest blessing there is in the work of the cross of Jesus Christ I don't have to continue to twist and we're gonna see this how in modern times those who have lost their conscience begin to depart from the faith and begin to believe their lies. Well, I'm not that bad after all. Well, cheating on my wife is not really that bad because I really can't be with her anyways. And you start adding all the things that destroy your conscience, your line between right and wrong. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19, there it is. He says, by this we know that we belong to the truth. And shall assure our hearts before God. How? How will you know that you belong to truth. And that you're ready to see God without anything wrong. Verse 20. If your heart does not condemn you. God is greater than your heart. He knows all things. Verse 21. If your heart does not condemn you beloved. We have strong confidence toward God. God. If there's anything inside that's not speaking to you, be concerned because God has provided for that so that it does speak so that you could have strong confidence before God. Verse 22, it says, whatever we ask, and that's where we agree with God. Lord, what you're saying to my spirit, what you're saying to my heart is this. This is what I'm feeling. This is what is convicting me this is what i feel guilty about i want to put that right before your eyes and that is taking to the conscience those things that are pleasing in his sight that's what the conscience addresses what pleases the lord and what does not please the lord if god is not to be pleased then you could do whatever you want Hebrews 4, 7 says that every day should be an opportunity to not harden your heart, but to listen to his voice. Again, he designates each day, that certain day, saying in David, today after a long while, as it's been said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In the last days, a lot of people are hardening their heart to not listen to their conscience They're disobedient as all out. They're dishonorable like none other. They continue to portray their wickedness without shame, the Bible says. They will be lovers of themselves. They will be pleasing themselves, not pleasing God. Here here are some of the, the demonstrations of having a seared conscience. When you have no moral lines, last week we talked about abortion, same-sex marriage. We talked about religious issues and limitations in our country and yet some people will vote in that direction. A sign of no conscience is having no moral, you don't like to talk about issues based on morality. It was funny because as these uh, young men last night were talking about, uh, I think last night's message was on same-sex marriage. One One of the arguments that people says, we shouldn't legislate morality. You know, these Christians, all they want to do is grab their Christian beliefs and make them laws. We shouldn't do that. And I want to tell you that all laws are based on morality. Thou shalt not kill is not a secular political issue. It's a moral issue. You shouldn't kill. Uh, thou shalt not steal is not a political issue. It's a moral issue. You don't want somebody to take what's yours. And so all these laws that have been established for years have been on the base of where society draws lines. And when you start playing with the moral compass, uh, one of the ladies says, Yeah. Marriage could be anything. It doesn't have to be one man, one woman. So what she did is she's having a relationship with her son. A mother marries her son. Because there is no morality. And so when we start erasing those lines, you got people marrying their dogs, their cats, their chickens, their parrots. You got a very dysfunctional and chaotic existence. And so that is where we're headed in this regards. The apathy of moral subjects is one of the signs that your conscience has been seared. That means that you could care less. Some people says, I don't care what other people do. My friend, you have lost your conscience because if you don't care what other people do, then your sons don't have a strong voice and conscience in their heart. As I was contemplating in our day many of the sons who desire not to make weighty about their parents' issues. Their father's heart is not considered. You can't honor your father if you don't weigh his heart. But we've taught our children not to make that a direction and, and balance for decision making. So that young people nowadays don't have, since they've lost a sense of honor, they have no conscience. And they're doing all manner of things that are crazy. Um, Here's another one. When questions over our well-being and the well-being of others are regarded as not being moral issues, that's a sign that your conscience has been seared. When questions that respect your own usefulness and serving are not treated as moral issues. In other words, if you don't consider laziness a moral issue, you have lost your conscience. Because no society has ever gifted or awarded any positive things towards lazy spirits. Uh, if you were able to do a study on laziness in the Bible you'll see that all manner of wickedness comes into the life of a person who's lazy. All manner of wickedness. Uh, Last night I was talking to a family member and they're concerned about a college young man who has no semblance of being able to take personal responsibility. If you're 21 years old and you don't know that you need to start taking care of your personal responsibilities, you have a seared conscience. We, we have young men um, that are under 18 that already want to take that responsibility. In Israel, it was at the age of 12 when they did their bar mitzvah. They said, I want to become part of the community of men. And they would start acting with their responsibilities. When the choice of a profession, a companion for life, who you're going to marry, what you're going to do to make a living is not regarded As a moral issue, your conscience has been seared. There's all manner of relationships that have no godly foundation. People that are having intimacy without regards to marriage. And they say, you know something, we just decided in our heart we belong with one another. But they're not going about it. Before God and before his people. That is super twisted. And their conscience has been seared. It says like this. When you neglect to inform yourself on the matters that are your responsibility. Your conscience has been seared. When you can neglect your duty without feeling remorse. Without feeling a sense of inner responsibility and guilt your conscience is lost. I had a man tell me once, he says, Pastor, I want to be able to do whatever I want and not have negative feelings in that regards. In other words, I want to get to church late. I want to not read my Bible. I want to not pray. I want to not pay tithes and offering. I want to miss church as many times as I want, and I don't want to come into a church where I feel bad about that. I said, you know what you call that type of church? A dead church. Your conscience is dead if you don't care about if you're praying, if you're reading the Bible, if you're serving, if you're being faithful, if you're being obedient. We should care about those things. That, that pertains to being part of the truth and not being shipwrecked in our faith. This issue of personal health is one that many people disregard and eating right, sleeping right, exercising right, those are moral issues also. We should be sensitive about that. We shouldn't say, oh, well, um, many years ago, I, I would say that I've always been fat, so I'll continue to be fat. That's, that's a matter of conscience. That's a matter that God wants you to address in the spirit of God. And we've seen those people that have been receptive to saying, you know something, this has to stop now. I'm not going to pass this down to the next generation. We're going to eat right. We're going to exercise right. We're going to take care of our bodies. All these things seem to pl- play uh, an ongoing existence in our lives just in every direction. It it gets very, very intensive, but I want to tell you that it's a healthy intensity. It's a healthy intensity. Those people that are in debt, that continue to get in debt and never come out of debt, your conscience needs to be cleansed. The Bible says you're not to owe anything to anybody, that his provision will be sufficient. It will be abundant. It will bring you to a healthy existence if you had a conscience with regards to spending and owing money. And for you not to care, and there's some people that don't care, you have to ask God, God, bring me back to the place that I'm on the balance of righteousness, that I'm not being deceived, that I'm not walking waywardly. I'm not doing things that do not please you. And bring that before God so he can heal you promise you, you'll be on the other side of that existence with peace, with abundance, with prosperity, with success if you bring your conscience under the Spirit of God's bridle. Those of you, it says here, that borrow tools without returning them. And you think that that has nothing to do with anyone. That it doesn't matter. Super important. Let's stand this morning and ask God. God, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction. I want to be able to return to the days of a healthy conscience. Not not the fact that there's not going to be falling short and sin, and there's going to be issues that contradict the heart of God, but that you can capture that in your heart and say, you know something, I'm going to bring this before the presence of God in prayer. I'm going to ask God for forgiveness. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, strive towards excellence, towards perfection. I want to have a thumbs up in my life with respect to the things that please God. I want to have a sensitive spirit. Um, I, I want to tell you that, that nowadays... And, and we went all the way through Cuba. Uh, the men in Cuba have not been taught to ask their wives for forgiveness. It doesn't exist. They, they've never seen a man go up to his wife and say, Honey, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do what I did that hurt you again. I ask for your forgiveness. I love you. I want to honor you. I want to bless you. And so we went through the whole island teaching the men how to restore that aspect of their lives. Um, there are men that have left this church and are super far away because they had the inability to knock on the pastor's office and say, You know something? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I want to continue to work together. They don't know how to do that. So they're, they're captive across town with the inability. And they're passing that down to their children. I. I I see what God is doing here with our children. Their children should be here present and participating, being strong and taking the land. But these men have disregarded their conscience. They're not allowing it to have the full weight to walk in that behavior. Father, thank you for today. You have gifted us each person with a healthy conscience a conscience that's able to call us on thoughts, on words, on sentiments, on gestures, which have not been pleasing to you. And we don't want to have somebody that says that we're right when we're wrong or ceases to call our attention when we've lost the path we don't want to be shipwrecked in our faith. We want to have a pure conscience. We want to have a clean conscience. As we confess our sin, we ask that the blood of Jesus would wash us right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Cleanse us, Lord, Amen. to the sensitivity of having lost a mindset that honors you, that obeys you, and that walks in line with your instruction. This is a dilemma in our day for many totally walk in their own counsel, in the dictates of their own heart, trampling your established order and commandments. They've called the holy things unholy and the unholy things they've considered sacred. They say that good is bad and bad is good. Sweet is bitter and bitter is sweet. And they've totally ransacked and plundered their own existence. Giving heed to deceptive spirits and teachings of demons. Losing their conscience, they've become shipwrecked. We want to be able to navigate further, so we ask for sensitivity in our hearts, conviction in our spirits, that the Holy Spirit not be grieved, that we would be with knowledge, conscience, that we would be able to see, witness, adhere to those things that are wrong, distant, and disconnected. From truth. We give you thanks for the church of Jesus Christ that seems to be the only moral compass upon the earth today. Those led by your spirit, those hitting the mark and not going astray, that we would have a healthy conscience, that it would not be cluttered with chaos and confusion. Help us to meditate on those things that give us a strong sense of moral conscience. Help us to react the way those men did when they heard the voice of Jesus. They were convicted in their conscience and one by one, they went in the direction of your words. Allow our testimony of a healthy conscience. Lead us to conduct that honors you we give you thanks for today's word and ask you to prosper it in our hearts and in our lives and in our marriages that our children might see healthy consciences in their dad as he asks for forgiveness in their mom as she responds to your spirit's voice and that you be glorified there is no condemnation for those that are in christ lord conscience does not condemn it calls us to come and to confess our sins and if we confess our sins you're faithful and righteous to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we give you thanks in Jesus name and the house of God says amen amen and amen